are listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White. Joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing lovely. And you? I'm doing great. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's always a good opportunity to um I, I like it on the show when we when we kind of crack open a brand new topic in some way and i don't think this topic is is new for marketers but it's new for the you know it's the first time we've covered it on the show absolutely really. and and i mean it is it is a rare space to be playing in for a senior marketer to be uh to be working with their company um at this in this capacity yeah yeah well with, actually this is actually i think they call this foreshadowing <laughs> It's the build-up. <laughs> the build-up. The, the suspense is coming. No, but look, so folks, today we're going to um, uh, be talking about the, the kind of the impact of, of, of career pathing within a marketing organization that kind of resides inside of a manufacturing organization. I was thinking about it a little bit in the lead-up to, 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 to today's show, and I was, it's kind of like, almost, I don't know, like manufacturers are from Mars, marketers are from Venus. It's like one of those things. Like sometimes I think marketers do feel like they're, they're like kind of the odd person out in the manufacturing enterprise. And, and, and sometimes that can extend to the kind of the, the HR experience and the, you know, the, maybe the manufacturers thought through career pathing and things of that nature, maybe a lot more for, for engineers or for people on the floor than they have for um, folks in the, in the marketing organization. And today's guest is just uh, going to shine a light on how to do it right. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. And so joining us today is Ryan Benbo. Ryan is the senior director of marketing at Vermeer. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Ryan. Hey, I, I'm glad to be here. It'd be fun for me just to listen to you guys continue to banter. I get a get a kick out of, out of listening to you guys. I, I'm gonna say one thing. You know, the 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 Venus and Mars. I think we could say that perhaps uh, marketing and manufacturing are more like the Christmas star, where we can see uh, Jupiter and Saturn coming a little bit closer together this week. And I hope that what we talk about today will shed some light on the fact with career pathing isn't isn't as distant as as one might think. So. <laughs> Very cool. Absolutely. No, I think it was like wasn't that supposed to happen? As... It was supposed to be last night. Yeah, here. it was last night. Yeah, yeah. So like, the, the you could not see your hand in front of your face because of the fog here <laughs> in Halifax last night. So was there was no stargazing to yeah. be had. Yeah, we would have to be in quarantine this morning had we driven far enough away to be actually able to see <laughs> those stars <laughs> right. and come back. So yeah. yeah, it would have been about ten hours of driving. If you're gonna see stars last night, it needed to be kind of. Uh, from being otherwise altered, let's say. <laughs> or is it going to come from the sky? Yeah, that's for sure. <clears throat> so, Ryan, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do at Vermeer and your career thus far. Yeah, so I've uh, been with Vermeer here for about uh, five years. And for those who don't know, uh, Vermeer Corporation, we are a, a company that manufactures agriculture and industrial construction equipment. Uh, really, really proud of the work we do. We believe that we're doing important work. Uh, many folks might know us for uh, being the first company to fully commercialize the big round hay baler. So you can thank Vermeer for seeing all the all the big round hay bales around around the world um, for bringing that technology to market. Um, and then, secondly, we work in a lot of industrial construction markets that uh, help provide internet service like this. Uh, we make horizontal directional. Uh, drilling equipment that helps install uh, telecommunication lines, uh, water lines, sewer lines, things that we say keep people connected to the necessities of life, right? And, uh, you know, believe it or not, communication is is pretty necessary in these times. And so we're pretty proud of the important work we do. But there's a lot of other 
industries we play in as well. We're, we're a highly diverse company, um, playing in, in a lot of a lot of niche markets. Um, that in and of itself creates a little bit of challenges from a marketing perspective, um, but at the same time, really proud of the work we do. So we're based here in, in Pella, Iowa. I'm originally from Minnesota. Moved down to Iowa five years ago after 12 and a half years at a, at a large agency in Minneapolis on the on the marketing and, and corporate communications side, and had been doing some work with uh, Vermeer and fell in love with the company and and the culture down here, and uh, made the move from. Uh, Minneapolis down to a small town of Pella, Iowa, and we've we've loved it ever since. That's very cool, and uh, that's got to be a bit of a change of pace. Uh, yeah, you know, it really it really is a change of pace. Um, I'm I'm from a town of 200 people originally in Northwest Minnesota, so for me, a town of 10,000 in Pella, Iowa, is like a city. So <laughs> uh, now, my wife, on the other hand, is from the uh, the Minneapolis St. Paul area originally, and graduated with more people. Then we're in the town I grew up in. So yeah, definitely a change of pace for her. But surprisingly, she was she had probably more of a, an influence on us moving to a small town than I did. That's interesting. <laughs> I mean, cool. I, I had an opportunity to visit Minneapolis after spending some time in Duluth uh, last year before uh, COVID. And uh, it was a you know, lovely city. I didn't realize just how metropolitan it really was. You don't necessarily expect that going in. So it was- as a Canadian. <laughs> Wonderful city, and it's it's got a very vibrant marketing, uh, PR, a- advertising community up there, and uh, a great place to start a career, no doubt about it. For sure. So, you know, look, at Vermeer, um, uh, you're certainly not flying solo there. You've got a, a heck of an organization that uh, that you've, you've built there. How many people in the marketing organization at Vermeer, Ryan, just to give some context? Yeah, so today we have right around 70 uh, but that that spans a, a, a quite diverse array of individual uh, functions. So, within in marketing today, we have uh, you know your traditional product marketing uh, teams. Uh, we've been growing our digital team. We have our marketing operations. We also have a, a relatively sizable in-house agency that's comprised of uh, a large number of video and and design folks. Uh, and then I also am responsible for our, our dealer training. So we uh, obviously sell all our, our products through independent distributors and dealer partners. Um, and we have two distribution channels. We have our ag distribution and then we have our industrial distribution. And we are responsible for obviously training the sales parts and service folks that are responsible for um, selling, supporting and servicing that equipment. So. I have a purview over that as well. So across the group, we're right around 70 today, and, that, and that's grown over the last few years. I, I report up to our chief marketing officer, who um, I consider a little bit of a talent savant, knows how to find great people. And uh, you know, he and I kind of have a bias for building within as much as we can. We have some great agency partners, but we, we also believe that having in-house capability is, is a lot has a lot of advantages to it, and we've been building some of that over mm. the last few years. So yeah, we're we're pretty broad, pretty diverse, and uh, have a lot of fun. So seventy people today in the organization. How many would it have been, say, like three years ago or so? Just to give us a sense of the growth trajectory here. Yeah, you know, it's hard to it's hard to compare because I've added a couple groups into it. Mm. Um, you know, so I would say we've probably grown maybe by fifteen percent or so. If I just had to say off the top of my head. Um, I need to I need to step back and take a look at that because as I said we've added a, a couple of groups into the group um, over the last couple of years, including, for instance, we recently added technical communications into marketing. That includes the team that's uh, responsible for setting the standards, 
and the vision for how we do technical communications, like our, our manuals and operator manuals, those types of, of mm. publications. And as we shift that to more digital, we think there's some good alignment between, you know, marketing and, and that team. So, um, yeah, so right around there, probably, if that, right. you're in there, not 15%. So let's kind of look at that journey that you've been on uh, with respect yeah. to career pathing in the organization, because I know that that's something that's been happening across Vermeer. It's not unique to the marketing organization, uh, but it certainly um, uh, you know, has a unique application in the marketing space. And uh, I'd like to hear about just kind of uh, the, the work that you're doing there, and then we can start to, to kind of sort through the impact of it. Yeah, what I would say is uh, a couple things. So uh, organizationally, we've been on uh, our engagement journey for the probably last five or six years, um, uh, driven by our senior leadership who uh, really values our people. Uh, you know, they, they take a lot of pride. We're a family-owned, family-run op uh, in our third generation of, of family leadership that takes a lot of pride in uh, developing people uh, providing work opportunities for a diverse group of people around the world. And I think there's nothing more important to them than making sure their people feel engaged and supported. And so we've been kind of down the path of engagement over the last several years. And as part of that, our human resources team has been working across functions to develop career pathing. And uh, we were one of the first ones to get to do that. You know, they started with a couple other functions. And then um, early on, we got to be part of those conversations. Uh, something that myself and my boss are, are very passionate about as well. And so I think we've been on this journey from a pathing standpoint here at uh, um, at Vermeer on the marketing side, probably a little over three years now. And it, it, the journey started with the first and foremost thing is, is developing competencies. What are the type of people that we want inside our, our marketing function, our, our training organization? Uh, the, the attributes that, that we value. Organizationally, we have some standard attributes that everybody has to live by. Then within each of your functional areas within the company, you know, there's, there's just some certain competencies you expect people to come into the company with or to develop and grow. And so it took us about a year to really define those across all of the functions that we, we manage within marketing. So we had competencies for our training team, competencies for our in-house creative agency, and competencies for our our, our core product uh, and digital marketing groups. So that took quite a bit of time. And then you roll that out, introduce it, help people understand what titles mean, you know, what those competencies are, how to have those in your, your, your conversations with your, your managers, et cetera. And, and so we've now been, uh, you know, had it in place probably for two years in full. Uh, and it's been working quite well for us. And it's got to be, in a, you know, I'm just thinking you're, you know, you're in a small town or smallish town. It's uh, about 10 exercise in my hometown growing up too, by the way. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, but you're in a, a smallish town, um, a, and, uh, in a, you know, industrial category, um, and competing for, you know, frankly, high end marketing talent that could go in a lot of other places. And I've got to, that's gotta be part of the drive here, isn't it? Yeah, it for sure is. You know, we have to probably work harder than, you know, we, we compete with a lot of talent in the Midwest with some larger cities. Obviously, we're 40 miles southeast of Des Moines. And, you know, there's a lot of great agencies in Des Moines, some some we use. There's a lot of other large corporations there that uh, that we are competing with that, um, you know, we we respect and appreciate as well. 
Um, and then, of course, there's uh, some great universities here in Iowa that, you know, we want to be top of mind with them as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of it takes a lot of extra work to, you know, convince folks that, um, you know, that a, a small town and a, and a company like ours is worth taking a look. Um, and then what we're seeing more and more because of this engagement journey, though, is when we talk to candidates, the first thing they start with is our culture. They notice the way we talk about our culture or if they've heard word of mouth, it's generally starting with we've heard such good things about the company and the culture. And um, I think uh, as an organization, we're pretty proud of that. And that's the we, we believe that's going to help attract people into this. Now, obviously, we hope people love our products and love manufacturing and the, and the work we do. So we're trying to tell the story about the important work we're doing that's really come to light even stronger in this in this uh, pandemic period with you know, our customers have still been out working, trying to keep people connected, um, trying to, you know, work their farms and ranches to keep people fed. You know, th their work didn't stop. And so we're, we're proud to support them. And we believe that this is pretty important work we're doing. And yeah, so those are some of the things we have to do. I mean, we're just like any other company. The, the competition for talent is hard. Did you have to convince uh, any any folks in the C-suite that this was an important thing to do within the marketing function, just as important as engineers or any of the more traditional manufacturing human resources complement? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I would say no. Uh, and be, because our our senior leadership team was really directing the overall engagement path and pathing became a part of that. And you know, they started as a manufacturer that's uh, strong in engineering. They started there because, uh, quite frankly, that's an area that when it comes to recruiting and retention, you know, that's a, a pretty significant focus for our company. Because as we grow, we've been a relatively fast growing company that there's an extreme competition for that type of talent. And having that kind of pathing defined has been important. So, you know, we were a little bit of the beneficiary of the work that they started. So we didn't have to make an argument for it. I think the harder part, Jeff, is that articulating to the team what it means and what it's going to mean for them when you're done on the other side of the process. The hardest part was managing the patience of the team because we talked about it for a year that it's coming and it took longer than we anticipated. And then when you roll it out, you know, making sure people are understanding why we landed on the competencies we did, what it means for them um, and, and how we're going to use it going forward. So, no, we had great support from leadership. Yeah. I'd be curious about that. Like, were there were there some of those conversations where you know you create some competencies for some positions, and then you start having the first conversation <laughs> to introduce it to the individual, and it's uh -oh. it's kind of clear that maybe one of those competencies are outside of their existing skill set. I mean, did, did you kind of have that uh, that awkward moment? Yeah, you know, I think that some of our managers certainly had some of those conversations. You know, I don't know if it would say it was an awkward moment as much as it's an empowering moment. Uh, because then people can kind of see the, the path to the future, right? Uh, before you have the competencies defined, uh, it's pretty subjective as to what your expectations are from a performance day-to-day -day outside of, hey, this is your job, do this, do this, do this, from a tactical perspective. But from a development perspective, when you can actually have clearly defined um competencies and a path forward, it takes some of the emotion out of the conversation because there's something objective to parry off of for both manager and team member. Mm. They can kind of self-reflect on what's written there. Are these competencies perfect? No, it's probably something we need to reevaluate re every two to three years to make sure they stay relevant. But um, so, yeah, certainly there were some what I would say crucial conversations because 
you, you want to be able to, and it was good for managers to be able to say, okay, with my team member, how can I help them see if there's an area of opportunity for them? It gave them an opportunity to articulate that in a, in what I would say, a, a development way instead of a critical way. Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample ABM. One of the other things that you did as part of this was to shift the conversation around how people were going to be assessed and reviewed and, and to change the structure of that. And and to be honest, we went through the same thing at Kula a couple of years ago where we moved to a more um, frequent model of, uh, of discussing performance and discussing, you know, goals and aptitudes and things like that. Tell us a bit about the thought process there and, uh, and what it's changed and meant within the, the conversations with your team. Yeah, again, I, I wish I could take more credit for this, but it's more uh, organizationally, uh, we, we shifted to the, you know, twice a year performance summaries to uh, monthly check-ins, monthly development check-ins and performance check-ins. And the organization, we have uh, a great internal training uh, team that has uh, provided us a lot of tools, resources, and training on how to have those conversations and how to align your competencies into those conversations. And so with our managers going through that, um, as well as having the competencies that you can, you can talk about somebody's development month to month, and it's really shifted the conversation to a point now where you know, when we look at development, it's not just, hey, over the next year, I want you to focus on this one item. We're, we're trying this year to say, I want a monthly development item with your individual to say, you know, what is the movement we need them to make over the next 30 days? That obviously is working towards something bigger probably, but because uh, I think sometimes when you, you lay down and say, you know, over the next year, I really want to grow in my ability to, to to drive strategic planning. Well, that might be difficult to say, well, how did how do we know you made it? Um, and so month to month, we can do some incremental um, decision points on that all the way down to the tactical. Okay, if that's a goal for you the next year, this month, I really want you to focus on, you're gonna write a, two plans for um, this campaign that we're coming out in the next three months. You know, so you can take it down to a very tactical level where it feels real for the individual. How that's going to work for us this year, I don't know. We're, we're giving it a shot. But for the last couple of years, we've been doing these monthly check-ins, and it's been been pretty important. And across the marketing team, we've started to institute a little bit more. Um, there's a I love sports podcasts. I listen to – I'm a diehard Minnesota Vikings fan, unfortunately. They never win anything. Uh, but uh, there's a, a, a radio program in the Twin Cities that I listen to that um, – Every Friday going into the Vikings game, they always talk about their curiosities um, and, and their concerns um, and their confidences about the game or the team going into the weekend. And so I thought, well, that'd be a good way to have a development conversation or performance conversation. So we've started conversations on the monthly basis around what are you curious, concerned, or confident in? And that has been led to some really interesting conversations with a team member, right? It could be things like, well, I'm really curious to see as we've added this 
individual's um, responsibility into our group, how that's going to play out over the next three three months. And what is that going to mean for me? And then it gives the manager an opportunity to kind of share the vision. Well, here's how I see that working. And this is what I might need for you or, um, you know, for someone to say, I'm really confident in, hey, this campaign has been going along really well. And, um, and then if there's concerns, that obviously opens a whole new um, conversation that perhaps they didn't feel comfortable bringing up before. Yeah, it's a very simple framework, but I think really, really powerful. Um, yeah. you know, I think can the just, simpler the better yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, it can just help guide the conversation and almost just opens up permission to have it, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd be curious. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I think that, uh, that you hear from a lot of younger marketers when asked why they choose the agency life versus the client side life um, is variety. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as a 70-person marketing organization inside of Vermeer operating in a number of uh, niche categories, you can offer some variety, but I'm sure from the outside looking in, sometimes the, 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 they, they think, oh, well, the agency would offer, would offer more. I would be curious, uh, to what extent has the, the Competency Development and Career Pathing Initiative, to what extent has it facilitated kind of team movement uh, and giving them some variety of, of different career paths that they could follow and maybe explore other aspects of marketing that they uh, previously hadn't thought of or, or considered that they may be a part of. Has it, has it changed the, the fluidity with which you can kind of move people through the organization and have them see the opportunity? Yeah, I'm not sure it's had as much an impact on the fluidity of moving across the organization as moving them in a career trajectory, um, if that makes sense. So, you know, the the team member can see what their next move is within their function, but it also does open some some potential and opportunity for if they want to work in a in an adjacent part of marketing. Maybe someone wants to move into a training role from marketing, or maybe someone wants to go the digital side. Those conversations obviously happen, and we we open those. You know, we've had had some folks move from from different functions over to others. But in these early stages, in these first couple of years, it's been more about uh, getting folks uh, moving up the path that that they've started on. You know, we have a, a lot of early career folks that we obviously have in our marketing organization who are are wondering what's the next step for me. And by having the the career pathing, it, it makes it clear what the next step could possibly be and what the um, performance attributes and competencies they need to achieve to get there. So uh, within those competencies, we kind of have four levels that they have to be achieving and, and demonstrating that kind of align to our ladder. And, um, you know, there's very objective uh, performance attributes that they have to be demonstrating to know that um, they've made it to the next level. If we think the organization needs the next level. It's not always clear that, you know, we, we need another senior specialist either, right? Um, so I think those sometimes open the conversations about, you know, is there an adjacent role or, or a new opportunity for me? So, um, yeah, so I don't know. Fluidity across functions, not quite as much as fluidity up and down down the ladder, I think has given folks a, yeah. a little bit of a path. And, uh, you know, I think that it's, it's pretty important from the, Carmen, from the standpoint of when we get a lot of folks coming in that either have are, you know, interested in agency and trying to understand corporate to be able to have something that is, is relatable across those. And we can share, obviously, some of the distinctives between corporate and agency. But for them to know that there's a ladder, not a whole lot different than what they might see in an agency um, helps turn a corner. 
Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people listening to this that have worked agency side would say, what ladder? <laughs> yeah. When do I, I stop writing blog posts? Yeah, I worked, in an a, I worked in an agency once where the, uh, so nobody go in and looked at my LinkedIn profile because it'll be really easy to see who by the agency this was. But, uh, you know, but like, our, you know, the, the method was basically like you had senior people, you had nobody in the middle, and then you had a whole bunch of people at the bottom and the, and the idea was to basically work them and burn them out within three years. Oh, wow. Um, and just one after the other and it's just uh yeah um so uh my experience was very different you know we uh, i came from a large agency then you were with weber shandwick they're a yeah. fairly serious global yeah. player and would have more uh, uh rigor around that but we've and I, I, as, a, as a small agency at kula we've certainly aspired to not take that uh, burnout route <laughs> but rather to uh, think through um, uh, pathing and development, uh, even for our small team. So uh, um, uh, I, I'm very much, Ryan, picking up what you're putting down, as it were. Yeah, you know, and the other thing that is important that we think about in competencies when we have conversations with folks who say, hey, if they look at the competencies objectively and they say, hey, but I'm doing this, and they might want off to say, hey, I, so our competencies go from, hey, are you, are you developing? Are you applying? Are you leading or a role model? You know, it's not not unlike what other organizations might do, but someone might be in the applying category today and then starting to show signs of, you know, leading. For us, it's about consistency. Have you consistently demonstrated those over a period of time? You know, it's not just, hey, I performed awesome at this one event. Now I'm ready. You know, no, it's 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 have you done it consistently? And um again, take some of the emotion out of it. And that's something we've been trying to teach our and, and train our managers to be looking at it objectively from that perspective of, you know, cause uh, it's not, it's not about roller coaster performance. It's about, you know, performance on um, elevation over time. And it's kind of the way we've been, been looking at those. Man, our scrum masters would love to hear that. <laughs> they know exactly. We do not want the dips, you know? That's right. Uh, um, on those burn downs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Ryan, could you talk a little bit about some of the things that, uh, you know, get applied? Like one of the things that we talked about um, in our conversation earlier was this idea that, you know, after you've been doing this for a while, okay, now, you know, can we assign you to handle a budget? You know, what, what are some of those um, functions that go along with those steps on the ladder? Yeah, so for us, we really have our... Um, our competencies are built around four core elements that are defined a little bit differently depending on what part of the organization you're in. But uh, it really starts with relationships and partnerships. That's our first uh, attribute or competency is the idea that, you know, culturally we're a caring culture and we want to make sure that you can work inside this organization with the type of people and the culture we've developed, right? The pace our, our culture works at, the expectations of the culture. So can you, can you, get along and manage relationships up, down, and across the organization. And, you know, there's things all about being dependent, being reliable, leading conversations, all that kind of stuff that comes with it. And then the next competency is around uh, kind of market and product intelligence. Do you understand how our business works, how our competitors work, who our competitors are? Do you, do you have an interest and an appetite and a passion for our product? And are you demonstrating that, right? And for some of the roles, like for instance, in a marketing operations side or a digital operations side, you know, they may not be involved with our competitors day to day. You know, they're, they're thinking about how do I get this CRM? 
For them, it might be learning how to uh, know the playing field of the CRM systems out there, and which is the best for us and understanding for our distribution partners, how do we make sure in a, as ours is the right CRM that we're selecting? Or are you continually learning about um, the best CRM programs out there and how to apply them to our business, right? So that that's a little bit different in terms of, you know, they may not have to be product experts, but start to think about how can CRM help us in our, in our business. And then, so that's kind of what I would say is a little bit of the, the soft side of, do you have some of those intangibles? Are you hungry and passionate for our business? And can you, can you relate to the people and inside our culture? Um, and then you get more to the hard side of, of marketing and measurement. So the third competency is about marketing and creative strategy, at least on the marketing side. On the training side, it's about instructional design and delivery. You know, they're, they're training people. Can you know how to put a course together? Can you deliver the course? All that kind of stuff, right? Um, and that really starts with, okay, if you're in the, in the applying an early career role, uh, can, you, can you do the function of execution? Someone basically says, here's your assignment list. Um, can you do those well? Are you, are you, are you um, executing to the expectation? From there, you might start to move to things like, okay, the next level is you're actually responsible for writing the plans. Um, you're, you know how to write objectives. You know how to connect tactics back to those objectives. And we'll start to maybe give you some uh, small budget responsibility. Like you can manage a budget for a trade show, right? As you're uh, as you're applying in those skills, then you know soon you can start to take on more. Maybe you're going to have budget management for an entire segment, a business segment. You know that's the kind of things that are are leading. And then from a, a leading standpoint on the marketing strategy, it's like are you actually going out identifying trends? opportunities and then inserting in those into how we're going to change the game for marketing inside. Uh, are you leading conversations with some of the key influencers inside the business about the way we should go to market with product, right? That's that's kind of how we see development. And then the final competency is around measurement. We don't expect everybody to be a data scientist, but we do expect them to think about as you're writing a plan or executing it, what are our measures of success and how are we going to measure those, right? Um, so those are the four categories that we um, that we uh, build around uh, for competencies and uh, try to articulate to folks what it means to, to move through that, through each of those as they grow. I don't know if that, did that make sense? I, I was kind of rambling there. No, absolutely. I, I have like a, an entirely uh, a, a new podcast episode that we need to do now around just kind of talking through which of those aspects are hardest to coach. Anyway, I think that there's a, uh, there's a really interesting conversation there, but it's a can of worms that we cannot crack. Um, uh, yeah, I would, I would, I have an opinion on that, but certainly we could could get on that. I think. Huh. Okay, okay, okay. We can't, we can't just get there yeah, and no, not get the opinion. Yeah, so, so it. hit it. What's the hardest to cook? My, my opinion is that you know, particularly in the early career roles, you know, we love to to teach people how to do marketing the Ramir way, right? Those are skills we can help teach and mentor. It's it's very tough to coach ambition um and natural relationship skills right so uh, we kind of look for those that are naturally going to fit into the the type of culture and the team environment that we've we've built here uh, and what our expectations are and we try to articulate those and obviously we ask good questions in the interviews to feel that out right um, when we come to make hiring decisions it, it's it's rarely about the competence of the individual because we generally think their resume shows they're competent to do the job it's about do they fit culturally and um, 
you know, and a lot of that has to do with the way they can relate to people and are they going to have passion for our industry and the discipline? You know, um, it, it's tough to teach curiosity and ambition. And um, you either have that or you don't. So I don't know if that makes sense. But. Uh, it does. It makes total sense. Um, uh, I think anybody that's uh, managed uh, folks and led, led a team for any period of time would be shaking, it would be <laughs> nodding their head uh -huh. in agreement here. Uh, <laughs> I'd be curious, Ryan, as we wrap up the show. Um, you, know, you came from an um, a early marketing career on the agency side, but with a certainly a, a, a larger um, agency. I'm, I'm curious, moving to Vermeer, what's been the biggest surprise with that career shift? Yeah, um, I always I get this question a lot. I have a chance to speak to folks that uh, we have a great partnership with Iowa State University and, and a few others. And when I speak to classes, they ask that same question going from the agency, still relatively new enough from I'm five years out now. But I, I think the biggest thing is I, the pace, um, the pace of progress inside a corporation versus an agency. We, we move stuff pretty quickly through Vermeer and, and do a pretty good job. But when you're on the agency side, it's, you know, you sell a client. Sometimes that takes some time. But once they say go, you generally execute and go. Whereas in, inside the corporation, you know, there's a lot more consensus building, having to bring uh, people alongside with you in, in the idea and the strategy before you execute, because there's a lot of players that are involved in every decision you make. And I think that was more surprising to me than anything, um, is having the patience to see the idea um, believed in and bought into across the organization versus on the agency side, it's usually a couple clients you're pitching and then they have to do the yeoman's work to pitch it inside. Yeah. Not maybe having the appreciation for how hard that can be or how, Im how important that is to get consensus and buy-in internally uh, was probably the biggest surprise for me. And uh, there are some folks that are just brilliant at that. Um, and, you know, we're fortunate here. We have some really good, strong marketing minds um, and we have great partnerships with our sales and uh, engineering and product management groups that, you know, when ideas come to the fore, we, we all work through them, but it just takes some time sometimes. Yeah. There's an awful lot of people that turn their nose up at the notion of having to do that kind of, you know, they say it's just internal politics, you know. Yeah. I'm just reminded of the Tom Peters quote, you know, if you're not into internal politics, then you're not into getting things done. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, man, it, uh, yeah, it, uh, that's uh, so true. And uh, I do think it is a, a side of the uh, client-side marketer's job that uh, maybe the agency folks can underestimate. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I hesitate, at least in our culture, to call it politics. Uh, we're not a not perfect by any means, but we have great partnerships. And I think it's it's organizational alignment. I think it's just the understanding that um, we can't make decisions in a vacuum within marketing because um, there are ramifications downstream for other players who would have to catch up. That uh, without alignment, uh, you don't want to take two steps forward and then two steps back because you didn't think through something with one of your internal partners. You know, we obviously work very closely with our IT partners on digital strategy. If we're not aligned there, that can be that can be very difficult to unravel something, you know, on both sides. So uh, and, and a lot of folks are going to have opinions on how to execute for a lot of good reasons, um, you know, based on either customer feedback, dealer feedback, internal feedback. Um, or sometimes just gut instinct and uh, having a willingness to listen to those. And culturally, we've actually defined that, that cross-functional partnership is one of the attributes that everybody has to be able to demonstrate. That's not just marketing, but that's across our, um, 
our organization. And so uh, we, we value that, uh, but that takes some time. Ryan, this has been a fantastic uh, conversation. I really thank you for sharing um, your, your work at Vermeer. I think this is really instructive for marketing leaders looking at their organization and uh, uh, trying to bring more um, rigor and shape to the, to the organization that they're growing. So just thank you for, uh, for helping those folks today. It's been a, been a real pleasure to chat. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.